That makes my heart happy. But you know, all those years I preached, very seldom did I have a choir back there. If I consider it quite a privilege to look back there and see them. And this Sunday, we don't have them supposed to get ready for vacation Bible school. So I don't know what I'm going to do with myself with all this room. Y'all get ready for a sermon now. Because I've got the room to do it this morning. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Let me say welcome to you. And let me also say, if you're visiting with us this morning, please get off the visitor card you'll find in front of you. Place in the office, place to come around so we can have a regular visit. We would greatly appreciate that. If you're joining us online this morning, we want to encourage you to come be right here in the sanctuary with us. Experience what God is doing at Welsh Avenue Baptist Church. And let me tell you what the Bible says. The Bible says, when two or three are gathered in His name, get up in here and gather with us in His name and feel what God is doing in Papa Cole, Texas. Amen? Y'all come and be a part of that. My goodness, what's happening at Robinson Avenue? Well, of course, this evening, you know, we will not have evening services. You know why? Vacation Bible. Praise God. Vacation Bible. It is finally here. We've been working on this for how long now? And let me just say right now, thank you to each and every one of you for your hard work. It's already put into it. And let me tell you, I was given something this morning. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and put that on for you right there. Let me tell you right there, that, that hat right there says monumental. Praise God. Yes. Yes, the pastor's got many hats, they said. So blessed be the name of the Lord in that. And, and beautiful. Thank you for that. I'll be teaching fifth and sixth grade this week. And so uh, I am excited about that. And let me tell you right now, if you're a fifth and sixth grader, you don't want to miss this. this you want to get there. Be a part of that. All right, that's going to go on tonight, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, and our final night, Thursday night. So come and be a part of monumental vacation Bible school. Looks like we're going to be in the desert. Looks like we're going to have a little bit of water. And you know what? I want to tell you a little bit about the water of life. Just like that. Amen. Come and be a part of that. What else is happening? You know, our normal services are going to be on hold due to vacation Bible school, uh, but
<laughs> this is not the coat of many colors. Uh, when we get into the, the book of Genesis, when we start looking at that coat of many colors, I need you to understand there are, uh, it's a powerful, powerful word that, that we translate coat of many colors. And so you could translate it uh, coat that's beautiful. And so I don't think that would quite live up to that description. But there it is. So the question we have this morning is do the clothes make the man? Well, have you ever heard it said that the uniform makes the man as well? I grew up hearing that all my life. The uniform makes the man. Of course, I learned as I got a little bit older that that's not necessarily the case. Sometimes the man makes the uniform. Amen? Uh, my question to you this morning is, do clothes make you who you are? And as we follow Joseph, and as we look into his happenings, as the ordeal that happened with Joseph, we're going to find out that he wears several different uniforms, several different sets of clothes. So, but while you're looking at that, tell me about these two guys. What do you think of them? Clothes make those guys? What about those two clowns right there? Did it make them? No, it didn't, did it? What about these two gentlemen right here? The clothes make them? Absolutely, absolutely not. Let me tell you right now. I believe that it was the integrity in their hearts that made them fill those uniforms. Amen. And so that's how I was raised, and that's how I was taught in that because their hearts couldn't bring them anywhere else but to serve and but to protect and to do what's right. Well, let's look into the Joseph story this morning and see what happened. We're in Genesis chapter 37. Look at me in verses 2 through 4. The Bible says, This is the history of Jacob. Now, I need you to understand that in a very real way. The Bible does not mess around, and most of the time, it doesn't let us do a lot of, let me think of what this means. What time is straight up tells us? Here we go in verse 2. This is the history of Jacob. That means that this is the story, the history, the background of Jacob. Even though we're reading about Joseph, we need to keep in mind that this is the history of Jacob. Joseph being 17 years old. Now, how old was Joseph? Thank you very much. 17 years old. He was feeding the flock with his brothers. And the lad was with the sons of Zippah, and the sons of Zippah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report to them to his father. Let me go ahead and put that out for you. Cut and dry. I'm going to throw Joseph under a bus. He was a pad They were jacking around. They were playing around. They were doing things that they shouldn't be doing. And Joseph went back to his father and said, Hey, those brothers of mine are no good guys. In fact, when you put them out in the field, when you're not watching Dad, they're doing everything they ought not be doing. Now, look here in verse 3. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than all his children. Incidentally, Israel is Jacob, and Jacob is Israel. So, those of you who have lost track there, Israel is his God-given name. Remember, when Jacob wrestles with the angel, he gets his name changed to Israel, which literally means he who struggles, and he who wrestles with God. And that's the name that we have right there. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. Also, he made him a tunic of many colors. And he had four. Please note that many there is in our palace. And the reason why is because we don't really translate that well. That Hebrew word means beautiful. It means many colors. It means long sleeves. It means famous. And perhaps some of you have been to some of that similarity to Jesus wearing the beautiful purple robe that was seen. Anyway, to make a long story short, what I like to see in here, though, is many colors. It's beautiful because it has lots of colors in it. In verse 4, when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to them. Now, Joseph 
only 17 years old. That's it. He's a youngster nowadays. That's somebody we think of that's still a kid. But how many of you know when you're 17 years old, you're a man? I know some of you would disagree with me right now, but I want to remind you that in the 1950s, a 17-year-old was expected to act and behave like a man. Back up into the 60s, it was 17-year-olds and 16-year-olds that went into the Vietnam War and fought for our freedom. Somebody say amen for those guys right there. Don't ever forget those that willingly went and those that were drafted 16, 17, 18 years old. And nowadays we think 16, 17, 18-year-olds are kids. They're not. They are grown and they are responsible for their actions. Hallelujah. We forget that sometimes. No, that's not a kid. That's a full-grown man. That's a full-grown man who's capable of thought and capable of doing. Joseph was 17 years old. Yes, he's young. Yes, he's naive. Yes, he can be misled. That's why we as parents have to make sure they have the good biblical basis to not be misled. That's our job, parents. Amen? Don't forget that. that. This is the history of Jacob, the Bible says. This is what defines Jacob. This is who Jacob is. This is what Jacob does. And this is the story of Jacob. And because we're looking at Joseph, we need to understand that this is the story that defines Jacob is. When you read that sentence, this is the history of Jacob. You should start realizing what you're supposed to learn something from it. We're supposed to see something in it. And I want you to put the work in your life as well. If you're a father, if you're a mother, if you're a big brother, then you need to learn something about the history of Jacob. And number one is we need to learn that moms and dads are supposed to have favorite children. Did you know that? When we have favorite children, there's jealousy of the born. Did you know that as well? Not only are they born, but it brings about strife in the family. I'm going to give you a parenting philosophy that was passed down from my mother to me. Are you ready for this? It's pretty simple. In fact, it might blow your socks off. Are you ready? What you do for one, you do for all. What you do for all, you do for one. No exceptions. You love them all the same, they're all the same, and you love them all the same. And if you violate that, there will be issues. Remember, this is the story, the history of Jacob, who loved his son Joseph more than the others. Guess what happened? Guess what happened? Now, incidentally, he showed that love by giving his son a beautiful coat, a coat of many colors. And it's what we need to remember. The history of Jacob is what we remember, and we need to remember our question this morning. Clothes don't make the man. He's given that coat of many colors. He showed it to his brothers, and the Bible says that they hated him because of it. We're being told about Joseph, but we're supposed to think on Jacob. It's his history. It's his story. Back to our question this morning. Do the clothes make the man? Well, if you were to answer, not out loud this morning, if you were to answer, you would take the You would have put on a uniform, would you suddenly become a law enforcement officer? If you were to put on BDUs, would you become a United States soldier? If you were to put on a convict jumpsuit, would you become an inmate now? That look. Jacob's holy clothes, 
called by his father Jacob. Remember the Bible says this is Jacob's story, Jacob's history. Remember that he goes to Shechem where his brothers are, and he gives a bad report about his brothers to his dad. So what happens then, the next time he comes around, they, they, I can imagine what it would be like. Here comes Joseph. Oh, my goodness. Stop doing what you're doing. Put the cards away. Put the Game Boy away. Put the switch away. Because here comes that tattletale Joseph. He's going to tell Dad that we're not working. And you know, as he's coming in, one of them finds I'm sick of this. I'm going to give him what's for And they jump on him. And they subdue him. And the next thing you know, they're like, maybe you should go ahead and kill him. And they're like, no, let's put him in the pit. And he ended up putting him in the pit. And some of you might feel like you're in a pit right now. But I want you to know something about pit this morning. And I want you to know what it means to be a Joseph in a pit. What is a pit, you might say? Are you ready for this? Pit. P-I-T. Preacher in training. Amen. And some of you might be in that pit this morning. And some of you might feel like the world hates you. And some of you might feel like they don't understand you. And God has put you in that pit. Well, don't let it break you. Let it shape you. Let it mold you into what God is going to use you in the future. Because I tell you right now, Joseph's story is not over. Amen. It's only beginning. It started out with this young man who had big dreams. It started out with this young man who got a beautiful coat, a coat of many colors. And his brothers got jealous about it. They got so jealous about it, they ended up throwing him in the pit. And you might be there this morning. However, if you're thinking about what to do with Joseph, a band of Midianites comes by. The Bible says that they settled Joseph into slavery. He goes, they go down into Egypt. And the Midianites sell him to officer of Pharaoh, who happens to be captain of the guard. His name is Joseph. And they were just to follow the clothes. Just to follow the clothes. Well, you know, remember, from looking at your clothes makes a man. Then did Joseph receive favor from his father that he was given a beautiful coat? Did Joseph walk in that favor? Did he walk in that grace? Did he walk in that beautiful, selected goodness? Of he did. I love our vacation Bible school because they portray that. Joseph pictured inside of Brother Bud's classroom. He's got his hands on his hips, and he's got the biggest teaser smile I've ever seen. Have you been in there? you got to go in there and take a look at Joseph. I'll tell you something else. He doesn't look 17. He looks like a 35-year-old heartthrob, you know? He's got a 5 o'clock shadow. He's got that big old smile going right there. And the coat, though, it's not necessarily of many colors, but it is interesting to say the least. Uh, however, he's showing that coat off. He's proud of that coat. So if we were just to follow Joseph's coat this morning, we could take a look at it. Number one, it brought jealousy. It brought problems to him, even though it was something that was given out of love and favor. And there is something we can learn about that. In fact, we're going to look at that in just a second. We also can see that Joseph was sold into slavery. In other words, they switched, they ripped that coat off of him. Remember, they dipped it in the blood and they used it to convince Israel, Jacob, that Joseph was dead. So let's take a look at our first point this morning. Number one, do clothes make the man? Do they make the man? Well, I need you to understand that clothes do not make the person. However, they reflect who we are. In other words, the way you dress and the way you portray yourself reflects who you are. And let me give you a spiritual truth. Number one, ladies, listen to me this morning. Listen to me with all my heart. You do not have to show off your body to have someone interested in you. Cover it up. 
because it shows your modesty. You don't need to do that. What you need to do is walk in God's grace and in God's favor. You don't have to reveal something. I don't know about you, but what you don't know is often better than what you do know. Somebody say amen. Often it is, especially when it comes to people you don't know. I mean, I would rather not see your toes, but people insist on seeing what's in your face like that. Joseph received favor from his father and that he was given that beautiful coat. And then Joseph was sold into slavery without that coat. He was stripped down and that coat was used to convince Jacob that his son was dead. And I think that's remarkable. It's a beautiful coat. It shows Joseph's position in the family as a favorite son. And then later on, that exact same coat was used to show that Joseph was dead. It was a coat. It was a coat so safe. It was also a coat that Joseph was dead. So let's begin. We close. Nay. The man. The clothes make the man. People told me, Pastor. If I ever win the lottery, you'll never see me wearing tuxedos and suits, but then we'll be fine. That's what kind of fine they like. Full tank of gas. Do clothes make the man? Remember those clothes that had shown Joseph as being a favorite son were the same clothes that convinced Israel that Joseph But when we put them on, 
getting ready for what happened to Joseph. Because the picture is clear here. When we put on the robes of righteousness, when we put on the clothes that God the Father gives us to show us His favor, His grace, that He selected us, that He picked us out, He saved us. Let me tell you right now, you might be sitting there thinking in the pew this morning, God doesn't love me or I'm not worth it. I want you to know God brought you here for a reason. Why? Because He loves you and He thinks you're worth His one and only begotten Son. And on top of that, He is calling you. That's why you're here this morning. You're not here by mistake. You're not here as an accident. You're not here because Robert Nett was a lot of fun. You're here because God fooled you. My Bible says that no one can come unto the Son unless the Father draw him. Here's the picture. When Joseph put on the coat, the world started hating him, didn't it? How I many of you know that as Christians, when we put on the coat or the robe of righteousness, the world is going to start hating us? How I many of you know that when we put on the coat, the world wants to kill us, and they often use our own coat against us? Isn't it amazing how many times we get out there, start witnessing, start preaching, and the person we're witnessing to might get angry, might get upset, and then turn around and try to use our own Bible against us? You ever had that? Let me give you an example. Don't judge me. You're judging. You've done it right out of here. You're judging. And the Bible says, don't judge. My Bible tells me that we're able to judge the tree by the fruit that it bears. That means I can look at what kind of fruit that tree bears and know what kind of tree it is. That means I can look at an apple tree and know it's an apple tree, an orange tree, know it's an orange tree, and look at a tree that has pecans on it and those pecan tree. Or here in Texas, we can look at a weird old tree and know it's got weird old fruit. Somebody say amen. You can judge them by that. And the Bible says to do that. And you do that with all authority given to you in the Scriptures, in the Word of God. You can know what kind of tree it is by the fruit that it bears. If it has weird old fruit, then you know it's a weird old tree. If it has religious nut fruit, then you know it's a religious nut. If it has good fruit, beautiful fruit, then you know it's a Christian. And you know it's somebody who loves and follows after Jesus Christ. Two clothes make the man. Well, ask Joseph. He had that coat of favor on. He had that coat of being blessed, of being somebody protected by the Father. So the Christians don't wait. For the last 2,000 years, yes, Christians have faced persecution. Yes, Christians have faced all kinds of trials and tribulations. But I want you to know we have walked victoriously over this world. Why? Because God's Word tells us that the gates of hell will never prevail against His church. God's Word tells us that if God be for us, who could be against us? God's Word tells us that God works for good for all things for those that believe in Him and are called according to His purpose. That's grace and that's favor. Amen. And when we're walking in that, expect the world to hate you. Look at Joseph. His own brothers got angry at him. Are you a Christian right now in your family? And the rest of your family are not Christians? Do you know that they start hating you first? Well, I do. That means amen in the Baptist church. I can testify to that one. They treat you, they abuse you, and they oftentimes will judge you instead of you judging them. It's funny to me that it was a Funny to me for that. Joseph brought that grace and favor out into the field, and the world rose up and tried their best to kill him. They put him down in a pit and sold him into slavery. That coat is what they brought back to Jacob, saying, Is this your son that we read the story? 
green or yellow or one that's red. Have you ever met one that smiles? Different personalities. That's why there's so many different colors. I believe in the world. so many different people. And we get the put that coat on. And I think it's amazing to see how God qualifies you to do what you were unqualified for. The moment you put his robe of righteousness on. The moment you put that robe on. Out of a sudden you can find yourself doing things that you never thought you could do. Like teaching Amen. Like being a youth minister, like being a deacon, like being a member of God's church. You put on the robes of righteousness, and you're going to find yourself looking at many colors and not just the one you've been seeing for years. When I saw the one of Jesus Christ, and when he came into my life, listen to me now, there was life. And when there was life, there became joy. And when there was joy, there became a relationship. And when I had a relationship with him, I promised and swore to myself, I will never, ever, ever turn away from he which brought me life, from he which brought me joy, from he which gave me a reason to live. And church, he brought colors into my life. Because he gives us grace to change. We put on that coat. Remember, though, when we put that coat on, the world is going to pray. The world's going to hate us. The world's going to try to use the code against you. Dip it in blood and say, hey, it's not dead. When we wear that code, it brings jealousy to ourselves. It brings persecution to ourselves. It also brings conviction to ourselves. Holding up that coat, that robe, that tunic. Say, this man, this man, someone is always trying to get you. Someone's always trying to bring you down. I'm going to give you a non-believing focus on But it's one you can put the work on. You put the work on Are you ready for this? Misery, love, comfort. And if they're miserable, there's nothing they want to do more than make you miserable with them. They can't wait to say, yeah, I'm having a bad day, so you're going to have one with me. And they'll bring you down to where they are. You don't have to go where they are. you got a coat of many colors. You've got the Holy Spirit. You've got God's Word. You've got Jesus Christ. You've got the guarantee, the promise. You've got God's Word that says that the gates of hell will never, ever, ever prevail against them. It's amazing how the Lord will do your conviction. It's amazing what they will say and what they will do to try to bring that conviction out. It's amazing how they will try to use God's own Word and God's own Spirit against you as a Christian. I think it's amazing to me. To this day, when I debate or when I speak with non-Christians, their number one issue with Christianity is that we believe you must be born again. They believe that you should be able to come as you are, which is true. They believe that you should be able to stay as you are, which is not true. If you get into the presence of the living God, you will never, ever be the same again. That's your Remember, no, this is a picture of Jacob. We need to remember our purpose. We serve as Jacob. One more picture of Jacob. We're in chapter 41, verses 9 to 14. The Bible says, Then the chief butler spoke to Pharaoh, saying, I remember my father to this day. This is catching you up where we are. Joseph had actually put him in prison because he was convicted to reward the cult. 
verse 7, but when the king heard about it, he was furious and sent out his army, destroyed those murderers, and burned up their city. Our God is the God of righteousness. He will bring judgment. In fact, the Bible tells us in the book of Acts that he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness. Verse 8 says, then he says to his servant, the wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Therefore, go into the highway, as many as you find, and invite them to the wedding. That's what we're supposed to do. Invite them to the wedding. He knows he didn't come. My, my beloved Messiah, who still is a king, pray for them. Pray for them. And perhaps some of us are sitting even in the pew this morning saying, I will not come. I will not humble myself. I will not be saved by that. Jesus tells us in verse 9, Go into the highways, and as many as you find, invite to the wedding. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all whom they found, both bad and good. And the wedding was still together. That's right. It's not our job to say, This one serves the gospel, and this one doesn't. Never was. Never was. In fact, he said, I will make you a fish for the men. I'll get you some fishes. The wedding hall was filled with guests. So when the king came in to see the guests, he saw a man, a man, he saw a man there who did not have on a wedding dress. So he said to him, friend, how did you come to see without a wedding dress? He said to the servant, bind him and foot, take him away and
Thank you. 